Hey friend, welcome to Red Hot Mindset. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend here with me. You know, at some point in everybody's life, and this really can come at any age, young or old, but at some point we will ask ourselves, what am I doing? This came into my life after breaking my ankle two and a half years ago, and I was stuck in a transition where I was just forced to slow down and actually take a look at what I was doing. And I had to decide if it was the direction that I wanted to be going. Breaking my ankle caused many emotions and difficulties to arise, but it also became a blessing in my life because it was through that painful experience that God helped me to simplify and redefine my life. I learned what was truly important and what I could really just let go of. Author Lynn Brown has experienced a plethora of these transitions, and today she's joining me to share what her transition from a successful career woman to a stay-at-home mom was like for her and how she was able to redefine her own life through that major life change. Lynn Brown lives in Kirkland, Washington with her husband, Greg. After two wonderful careers in retail buying and sales, she decided to retire and enjoy every moment of her young family's life. Once their children left the nest, Lynn continued with her love of gardening and the joy of being the caretaker of their cottage. Lynn also pursued her dream of writing and penned her first novel called Three. She was a contributing author in the Lemonade Stand from Sour to Sweet with her short story, A Mom's Christmas. Lynn is currently finishing her second book, and looking forward to fun projects ahead. Are you ready to step into the fire with me? Let's get to it. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so God can mold and transform you into a woman ready to step into your calling and crush your goals his way. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can live intentionally and move forward confidently with the gifts God has given you. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Hey, Lynn, thanks so much for joining me on Red Hot Mindset today. I'm excited to dive into your story. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate being here. And I think that the topics we're going to talk about are very important. So I'm, I'm excited to be part of that. Yes, I do too. And I think many of my listeners are going to relate to all of the topics we're talking about, probably all of them. And so before we dive in, though, I'd love for you just to share a little bit about you um, so we can get to know you better before we dive in. Okay. Um, I live in Kirkland, Washington. I love living in the Pacific Northwest. It's one of my favorite places. I love walking every day. Have a husband. We've been married. Let's see. I have to think about this, Gabe. <laughs> it's uh, 36 years. Wow. Awesome. Um, this June and two kids, um, 29 and 31. And one in Seattle, one living in California, and um, love animals, love dogs. Don't have one right now. We lost our puppy about a year ago, so that's always hard. But Greg and I are traveling, so you know that's kind of a game changer with having a pet at home. So. 
So yes, those are probably um, the stories that I've written, uh, the book that I wrote, and then the stories involved in, um, you know, with the Lemonade Stand, they're all faith-based. I am a Christian. I, I fiercely believe in God. I believe in prayer. I believe in having God in your life. And even when it's uh, pretty and even when it's ugly, you know, yes. so. Me too. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> when it's pretty, we need them. And when it's ugly, we need them even more. <laughs> um, so wonderful. I love it. Now, before we start, did you always see yourself as an author or what brought on the inspiration to write a book? Um, probably, you know, I, I mentioned in, I think it was an example in the lemonade stand that I had been in a sales meeting and they had gone around the table and asked everybody, you know, what, what do you see yourself doing? If you could, if you could pick something right now, what would you be doing? And I had written down, I would be, uh, I'd write a children's book and I kind of surprised myself with that and thought, wow, really? Because <laughs> would I really be doing that? And it planted a seed. And then when the kids were born, I communicated with Max for the first six months. I probably sang to him, Gabe, more than I even spoke to him. And then when they got, then Anna was born a couple years later and I started writing poems for them. And I started um, communicating with them as they grew older through, well, especially when they were teenagers, through poems, you know, that I would leave, you know, on the mirror, because it's just easier to communicate with them sometimes <laughs> in a different when you're not standing in the room. Um, and just sort of started writing stories, talking to them about stories, re, uh, not just reading to them, but making up stories. And so it just was a really interesting process. And then when in 2007, the kids got in a car accident and um, it was, uh, it, that's what my book three from beginning to end is about. And it felt really driven. And I felt when I say driven, I felt pushed um, by God to write a story about what had happened. And so I sat down and started actually physically uh, um, writing a novel. And I just loved that whole process. And I found a whole new chapter in my life that had, I'd sort of been leading up to, we do lead up to these things. They don't just come, we, we may not recognize the signs, mm -hmm. but we do lead up to the things that we love to do. Mm, that's so cool. It's neat how your gifting was kind of drawn out throughout the years and it wasn't just yeah. immediate right away. You knew exactly what it was going to be. It was kind of that prodding and um, figuring it out as you went. Yes. And that's really cool. Uh, I love it. And, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, your career life and the transitions you've made. Um, but you, you immediately, when you started into your career, you immediately shifted and went a different direction than you had initially planned. Um, what was that like for you coming out of college? Oh, coming out of college. Um, so I had, just, I had planned on being a social worker, but yet, um, you know, all the all the, the jobs that I'd had in high school and the things that I had done and what I'd really enjoyed was in retail and in in clothing and that kind of thing. And so when I got out of high, out of college and did not get the job that I thought I was going to get, I had to make a decision about what I was going to do. So I went to um, an executive training program at a department store, and started as, as what did I start as a department manager? And then you go into, you know, an assistant buyer and then into a buyer. And 
I did get offered that job that I wanted. And I think I mentioned that in Lemonade Stand. I got offered the job that I wanted with um, the boys' home. It was a boys' home in Corvallis, Oregon. And I turned it down. And that was a big why in the road. Had I chosen to go back and do that, I, I would, would have had a different career path. So I think sometimes decisions, whether you realize they're conscious or not, you are there are whys in the road that take you to other paths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And you you came to love your career. You were very Loved successful it. at it. Um, so Loved much it. promotion and so many possibilities just throughout that career. Um, but I know that there was a transition for you as the years went on and as you had Max and Anna. Uh, what mm-hmm. made you and your husband start talking about the possibility of you stepping away from your successful career and, and moving home? Well, both of us were, were, were traveling and working long hours. At that point in time, I was a sales rep. So I left the buying and I was a sales rep and I still had to travel, even though it was a much better lifestyle for me as a parent to be um, uh, in sales because I worked from home the last, you know, last few years of that. Um, It was one of those things where I felt like we loved our nanny. We loved our whole situation, but I felt like I had, I wanted to contribute more to their daily. I wanted to be with them every day. And Anna, um, her color wasn't off. And, you know, as a, as a mom, you can feel things. And I do believe it's truly throughout your heart down to the cellular level. You can feel when things are not right. And I, her color was off and I just, this went on for a long time. And I kept taking her back to the doctor and having her blood drawn to see if she was anemic, to see if something was wrong. She just didn't, her color didn't look right. And, uh, nothing was ever wrong, but I knew something wasn't right. And she, I, I will say that when I finally made the decision, um, we, and I, (laughs) I say we, cause Greg and I had talked about it for probably a year plus. And then made the decision to stay home. Um, Anna's health changed pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. She was born a little bit early. Not well. They said she was fully cooked, but my mom was um, dying from cancer, mm. and we were trying to. It was all happening at the same time, and we were trying to have her born. So we induced her. And quite frankly, Gabe, I would have to say that. I think her immune system was not fully developed. So after I stayed home, I worked on that a lot with her and in in very natural ways to try and get her immune system boosted. So Mm. what a blessing that is then that you got to time to do that. And and she, and she has no health issues, right? No health issues. She was really great. As a matter of fact, the very first day that I stayed home and picked her up from preschool and dropped her off. And then she knew I was coming back to pick her up. She was in the fours class. She was in her second year of preschool. Um, Later on, her teacher told me that Anna walked in that morning and said, my mom's going to stay home with me. And Anna would, would, the teacher explained to me that Anna would play with herself over in the corner or whatever, and wasn't fully engaged with a lot of the other kids. And she said, boy, when Anna came in and made that announcement, her whole world opened up. And that's not to say that um, I think working mom, being a stay-at-home mom, 
You have to do the best that you can do under all of your circumstances. Um, so you can be involved and be a working mom. You can be involved. You can be not in, be a stay-at-home mom and not be involved, you know? So there are um, many different avenues that moms, moms can take. Now, I was 42 when I decided to do this, when Greg and I had this conversation. Um, and so I had had two fabulous careers already. Um, and I knew who I was. And I think that there's, I was talking to my sister last night and she said, you make sure that when you talk about being a stay-at-home mom, that you're really clear that you had, you know, two careers and it wasn't like you were 19 years old and didn't know who you were. And I think that there is a lot to be said about that. But I also think depending on your circumstances and depending on when you get married, I didn't get married till I was 30, depending on when you get married and who you marry and the choices that you make together as a couple and that you make as a mom have a lot to do with, um, you need to make sure that you're okay with yourself one way or another and yeah. continue to grow. We can all have many chapters in our lives. That's the great part. That is. And, and it's really neat because it's true. Our lives are really like a book. They really are yes. chapters and we close the page on a chapter and we open yes. a new one and it can happen yes. at any time. And it is in these transitions that we're talking about that that happens. Yes. And I, I, I feel it's, it's interesting because I never actually wanted to be a mom. That wasn't like a life goal of mine. I was going to be this independent woman, not married. Um, I was a broadcast <laughs> major, so I was going to be on TV and all these things. So I had all these dreams and my path changed right away after college too, because I got married directly after college, even though I hadn't planned on it, had a kid a year later or what found out we were pregnant a year later and yeah. my life completely changed. And I became, I think as soon as you have your first child, that mother, that the mother nurturing comes into totally. effect immediately. And I wanted to be a career woman. You know, I wanted to have my separate job or my separate life, but I also had this longing for my kids and, yeah. and to be with them. And I, I, I think as women, a lot of times, especially in this culture and the culture saying, you need to be strong and independent and do all these yeah. things and be in multiple roles. And, um, we get so, um, confused on where should I yeah. be at in this moment? And it's kind of that it is, it's that decision that we need to make for ourselves, what's right, right for us and our family. And it might be being a working mom. And I've had to do that for a very long time in different ways. I've gone to work. I've worked at home. I've done all the things. I was a stay-at-home mom for six months when I had my third kid. And I would say that was probably one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. <laughs> it's hard. You know? It's really hard. And but I think you're absolutely right about the culture. This is the tough part. And this is another conversation I had with my sister last night. See, I was having kids and um, being bombarded at that point in time, that's when the whole conversation about the glass ceiling came into play with, you know, women busting through this glass ceiling that in business had traditionally all been male. And there was a song and it was Anjali Perfume. I can bring home the bacon. I, I, not I can, I bring home the bacon. I fry it up in a pan. And how did it go? And never let my man forget he's a man. Mm. So you've got a woman working full-time, not only working full-time, but she's an executive. She's obviously a breadwinner. She's then reading books to her kids at night. And then she's being like, you know, 
this third person who's like wife extraordinaire. So this whole thing for women was you can have it all, you can do it all. But you know what, Gabe, we don't have to do it all. And, and that's where it comes in. You just have to really decide for yourself and, and with your partner and for yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to decide, you can't let someone else decide for you what is the best thing for you. So we can't do it all. I think that we clearly have seen that since the 80s and 90s and you know early 2000s and we need to be okay with what we can do now social media that throws a whole nother thing into it it sure does making, making people feel like they are making girls young girls feel like no matter what they do they're not enough their their body parts aren't enough they're they're you know, their personality is not enough. They're not bigger than life. They're not famous and they're not on the cover of Vogue or People magazine. And that is so not true because God made everybody individually and God gave everybody special gifts, you know, and those are the things that we need to unlock. Right. And they gave, he gave us special gifts and not all the gifts. And there's a reason for that. It's because right. we're a community as well. And yes. what giftings I have, you may not, but you can help complete with your giftings, you know? Right. And it's, I think it's the same in the husband-wife relationship because you usually don't marry the same person <laughs> as yourself. Right. You marry it's someone completely true. opposite, but it's because you're completing each other. And yes. so that's frustrating at times because you wish they were like you. Um, it would make it way worse. <laughs> probably. <laughs> understand a little better, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know where they're coming from, but so it, Culture does play a very big role in this. Now, when you were deciding to stay at home, because it, you're right. I mean, with culture, it says we can do it all. We should be able right. to. And without that mom, that guilt of, or the shame of, I can't right. do it all. Um, right. Let's let's break that shame right now because we can't. We have to pick and choose. There's a reason that you do one or two things well, or you can be mediocre at a bunch of things. It's better to do one or two things well. If you are interested in hearing these stories I'm sharing more in depth, you need to pick up a copy of the Lemonade Stand 2 Anthology. This series is a powerful testimony of others willing to step up and share their stories for emotional growth and inspiration. I had the privilege to be a part of Book 2, which is a collective of narratives of true everyday heroes who show you how to stand in your power, find the courage to seek truth, and reveal your authentic self. I wrote the Running For My Life chapter because we need to have more open conversations about mental health. Too many young souls are falling culprits to depression or suicide in this noisy world. I decided it was time to open up and share my story. I dealt with severe depression and anxiety in early adulthood, and through personal development, mentorship, and my deep faith, I was able to take back my life and come off all medications. It's hard to be vulnerable in this area that is usually filled with much shame and guilt, and I didn't want to end up back in that place by drying out all the emotions I knew would come out as I wrote, but I knew it was time. It was time to share the story I've hidden for years in an effort to help and support anyone else who may be dealing with negative thoughts or feelings that are spiraling them down into a dark place. There is hope and light in the midst of darkness. Are you in the midst of a struggle of your own? Pick up a copy of this book to find encouragement, inspiration, and motivation to move forward into your breakthrough. Our stories are meant to be shared.
Head to www.redhotmindset.com to snag your signed copy of the Lemonade Stand 2. But as you were deciding, what were some of the fears that you had? What were, were, were some of the things that may have been holding you back from actually pulling the plug? Well, having it took me a long time. I, like I said, I was 42 when I actually hand, called New York and handed in my resignation. Um, and that was my job and my successes and my career were part of who I was as a person. Mm. You know, I had worked really, started working in a clothing store when I was 17. And I then carried that all the way, you know, through college breaks and then went into that as a career. And I, that, so what, how many years is that from, that's what, what, 17 to 42? How many, you know, that's a lot of years. What is that? How many years is that, Gabe? 25, did I get it right? Yeah. Um, Okay. I'll let, I'll go with that. Yeah. Um, I didn't figure it out and I'm thinking other things. So I'm not doing the math in the head right now, but yeah, that's a, uh, that's a long time to have that be part of your routine and be part of you. So the actual morning that I went to call New York, I laid down on the love seat in our family room and just my stomach was turning. And I kept saying to myself, is this the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Not only for the family, for exampling to my children, do I need to keep working so that they will see that they had a working mom? So that will then give them that, you know, view. And you go through all of these different scenarios in your head. And I guess at the end of the day, I just had to ask myself, what do I want to do? Where do I feel I will best be for the next X number of years? And that's when I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just doing it because I'm, I'm, I'm agonizing over not being with the kids and I'm agonizing over not being with the job, which one to me is the most important place where I want to be. And that's when I just picked myself up off the love seat and <laughs> went in and called New York. And that was, that was that. So, you know, that's cool. That's, and there, there it is agonizing. Uh, was there after you made that decision, after you made the call to New York, did you feel a peace in your spirit or what was the confirm? Did you have a confirmation once you had it said and done? Well, um, that's an interesting question because there was a few things. I got a call um, about a month after I had quit and it was for a new position, a new division that they, mm -hmm. Donna Karen was opening up, Donna Karen Intimates. And um, they needed somebody in the Pacific Northwest and they called me. And I was really excited about that because this was like, you know, this was still within a few, you know, I think it was a month later, month and a half later, they did call and it was still, I would, you know, when you work for 25 years and you have a career, you don't just wake up the next morning, even though, you know, you've made the decision that you wanted to make, you don't just wake up and go, all's good because you, you know, because it is a process. And so I actually took the interview and went and talked to them. And at the end, of the end of the interview, I said, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you, but I can't do this. I've made the decision to stay home with my kids. But I think, and I'm sorry, I felt bad that I had wasted their time, but um, it helped me clarify. And I went home and it was like, yep, yep. Now I'm, I'm good to go. So oh, that's, that's cool. how that came about. Yeah. Yeah, it, that is an interesting story. And it uh -huh. is interesting to me because I feel like when we make a decision, other opportunities will come. 
and yes. we might feel like, oh, well, maybe this is, maybe we didn't make the right decision. We got to go here, but we have to remember that sometimes we're being tested or, um, it just, it may look appealing, but it really might still not be the right path for us. So that is interesting. Yeah. You have to look inside. I think you really, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I think that you know, women have been given an opportunity, a lot of opportunities in the last 40 years. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can't do it all. So we really have to have to take this wonderful opportunity to decide what not to be told what it is we want to do in order to um, improve the life of every woman on the planet. We have to ask ourselves what it is that we want we want to do. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Now, when you when you move to stay at home, mom, did you, did you ever have a fear? And this might sound really weird, but um, I think a lot of us moms do this when we stay at home because it's like, who, maybe who am I or what, what, what am I bringing to the world? Even though we are bringing something important when we are raising our kids, that's the most important thing. It's like our biggest ministry, right? But did you ever have a fear because you were, your identity, a lot of your identity was in buying and sales and retail uh, about losing yourself to motherhood? I would say that that's an interesting thing. I would say that I did not have that fear while it was going on. Mm. That concern came after the kids had left to go away to school. Mm. Greg turned to me and said, are you going to go back to work? <sighs> and I said, Hmm, no, <laughs> you know? no, I'm not. And then, um, because I knew I just, it wasn't, sometimes if you force yourself to do something that you are not ready to do or you don't want to do, it puts you on a, a path that doesn't allow you to, to look inside yourself long enough to decide maybe what, what is it that you're supposed to be doing? What is God pushing you to do? What is the direction that you should be going in? But if you fill your, because you know, being a mom, you know, I, I started that staying home when, like I said, when Anna was in her second day of preschool or her second year of preschool and Max would have been going into first grade, I guess, first or second grade, I guess. Mm -hmm. And you are consumed. That's a big job and it's a hard job and it is not for the faint hearted. And it's a lot of work and you get all the grief, you know, um, especially as they get to be teenagers, you have to really buck up and, and, um, and be strong. And so I was really thrilled to be able to do that and have the opportunity to do that. But it wasn't until after everybody left that I really had to say, okay, now what's the chapter going to look like? And then when they leave, when they graduate from college, and they literally go out on their own, even though sometimes they have to move home for a little bit to get themselves, save some money and, you know, figure out the whole job thing. But when they're actually gone and they've graduated from college and they're out, I would say that was like more of a uh, reckoning moment for me mm. than because when they're coming home for college, you still have one foot in and one foot out, you know, when they're going to college. So Hmm, fear. Did I have a fear that the fear came when I couldn't figure out what I'm supposed to be doing, but I knew I wasn't supposed to, um, 
get a job to fill my time. My mother-in-law said something to me at one point in time about filling up your time. And I'm not a filler up of time type of a person. I need to have meaning. There needs to be something meaningful. And that's stressful in itself when you try to make what you're doing with the chapters of your life meaningful. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Yeah. I love that. It's, it, is, it is true. We could fill our time with many different things, but is what we're filling our time with um, important? Is it, yeah. is it advancing the kingdom? Is it, is is it, it joyful? Is, is it, it joyful? It? Yeah. All those things. Yeah. So through it all, looking back, what do you think was the, one of the biggest lessons that you learned in that transition? In the, in the transition of staying home, mm -hmm. that I'm not a good cook. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> it's not my gift. <laughs> I'll give you healthy food. I don't care what it tastes like before I'll give you something else. Um, what did I learn in that transition? Um, I think that I, I think that I learned to, I learned to do some, a lot of things that I had not done before. And I learned to, I think one of the most important things that happened, Gabe, that I wasn't even aware was happening, was I learned to follow the path that God provided for me because of the way he made my personality. You know, everybody has personality traits that contribute to different situations for the good. Um, some people are leaders, some people are followers, some people um, are shy, some people are bold, and that's the way that we're all individually made. And you can't have a world of just one type of those people. So I would say the biggest lesson, overall lesson over the whole course of being a stay-at-home mom was that I learned, um, God showed me who I was as a person. Mm, I love that. And I think that's one of the best gifts or lessons we could learn. Yes, because when the end comes and I'm standing at the gates looking at God, I want so desperately to be able, I mean, my favorite, my favorite phrase is um, well done, you know, good and faithful servant. And I think that we all probably as a Christian hope for that. And so I, I do try to put myself in a life that I think is where God wants me to be. Mm, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. Sure. You know, as we're wrapping up, I want to encourage you all come back next week because Lynn is going to join us again and share out with us the process of how to redefine our beautiful life and live it to the fullest. And this comes with our transitions. One of the transitions she shares about is her transition from full-time work to stay-at-home mom. And there are many of them. And if you want to hear more of them, you need to get the book, The Lemonade Stand 2, because um, she beautifully portrays all the different transitions that she's had and the experiences she's had and relates them to how we can do that. So we're going to dive a little deeper into that subject next Tuesday. Um, but I know listeners are going to want to connect with you. So where is the best place that they can find you, Lynn? The best place they can find me? Well, my website, um, threethebook.com has contact information on it. So that would probably be the best place if they wanted to actually connect with me. Awesome. Now, and three, the book is an, it's a novel. Is it a fiction? 
of it's, no, it, of what it, happened? It's nonfiction. It's okay. a fiction novel about a car accident our kids were in in 2007. Wow. Yeah. I need to get it. I haven't gotten it yet. So I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that, but it's, it's interesting. Those are defining moments too. Yes. And I love, because my writing has been mostly nonfiction as well, but it's the, it's the lessons that God has taught me that he, I feel like he wants me to use to, to yeah. share with others. And I yes. feel like he's kind of got you on that similar path as well. Yes. Yeah. Very well, thank cool. you, Gabe. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for coming on Lynn. I loved hearing your story and I love how you are definitely just listening and following where you are being led next. So um, in all things, I pray you all just run your race. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're not a part of the free Mindful Mamas online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your giftings, live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.